0: Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
1: And good morning and welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We have today with me Scott Jordan. And we're going to be talking with a special guest, one from Bellevue Baptist Church here. He is the local missions pastor, Ben Taylor. And we're going to talk about a huge event that's coming up in just a couple of weeks called the Mid-South Mission of mercy, you know, Scott. One of the things that, and I'm always pressed with what our churches do here in the city, is we're constantly all. I mean, we have a lot of churches that are doing a lot of things, going out to people, touching them, and 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 basically, it's ministry, and they're spending an enormous amount of time. I know you're at Hope, and they're doing things all the time, but but it's really affecting our city.
2: It is, and we were talking in your office earlier about about the uh, the mission of Mission to Mercy and how. We really don't think about how important it is to have access to dental care until you don't have it. Well, you stole my thunder. Mission, Mid-South Mission of Mercy is about dental care. Let me
1: introduce our guest. He is the local missions pastor, focuses basically on Memphis and the Mid-South, Ben Taylor. Welcome to the program, sir.
3: Thank you for having me on, Jim.
1: You know, Ben, one of the things, and I, I want to ask you this, I know last year, this is the second year that mm-hmm. Bellevue has hosted this event, last year... I know I worked in the in the in the whole issue and did a lot of things with it last year tremendous success. Tell us a little bit about last
3: year yeah last year went above and beyond all that we could really think about um uh we overall in a two day event, we saw over twenty one hundred patients and uh, we had over nineteen hundred volunteers uh The need is so great that we actually had to to cut the line off on Saturday ten minutes till six a m and so,
1: women, you said ten minutes to six a.m. Right? People were lining up, and somebody had to make a decision and say we can't see people because they oh, they know if they've mm-hmm. got this many, right? Because I know you didn't finish up until late
3: yeah. that Sunday. Saturday afternoon, right? So basically, what that meant is that by ten minutes till six a.m., we had over twelve hundred people in line. Wow, twelve hundred yeah. people. First people started showing up at eight p.m. the night before. And that just shows you how great the need is in our community for dental care, because it really is the first thing to go in health care. If you're trying to cut a budget, you're going to cut your dental coverage versus your medical coverage. You know, I I
1: have to admit that I, I was so impressed. Numbers of volunteers, the dentist volunteers, the dental hygienists and all those people. They're just an enormous amount of giving back to our city, to our Shelby County, to the area. And I guess the, the uh, thought I had was not only was I seeing the church reach out to the people in the city and touching them externally, mm-hmm. but an enormous amount of effort to also share with them internally some things they needed in their heart. And that was, believe, what they were sharing was not only the belief system of what the church is all about, Christ, mm-hmm. and sharing that, but doing more to just to meet a need, to help somebody learn, you know, have a smile. And that is so important. We take it for granted but if you've got a dental issue, a problem, maybe that smile has a tendency to go away. Well, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Guest today, Scott Jordan and Ben Taylor. And, of course, the second half of the program you do not want to miss because we're going to talk about the Affordable Care Act and what happens if we do nothing. Well, what a question, what a thought. Stay with us because we'll be back after this with more of Talk Money right here on KWAM 990.
0: You're fine. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securing Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Are you aging? Well, I am. This is Mac Bailey from the Bailey Law Firm. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and your future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call us at 901-843-2760 or visit us at thebaileylawfirm.com. Again, this is Mac Bailey from The Bailey Law Firm telling you that today is the youngest you will ever be. Let us help you with your estate planning, elder law, and probate needs. It's what we do. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
1: And welcome back. Just a reminder, this portion of the program is brought to you by or in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to remind you, actually, Mac and I will be talking about some of the needs, some of the frustrations that we have with probate, we'll do that in a couple of weeks. You don't want to miss that program. Mac Bailey of the Bailey Law Firm, and we're going to talk about a subject that everybody needs to understand, that is probate. But my guest today, i you know, I have to give you guys credit. Scott, I know you are uh, a financial planner. You're working with people all the time. and And Ben actually mentioned something, that one of the things, the first things that go when you begin to hit that financial stress sometimes is dental care
2: absolutely and it is absolutely. It? people
1: all of a sudden say well I had dental insurance or I need to set aside money but that is one of the things that, that goes
2: that's around. one of the first things to get cut from the budget that and other other important health care
1: yeah and so all of a sudden I haven't been to the dentist in a couple of years and uh You know, I don't know about you guys. I don't have to get any fillings anymore. I mean, you know, I don't have to do that anymore because there are no places to do any more fillings. I've had all my stuff. But let's talk about it, Ben, because I I am so impressed with what I saw last year. Mm -hmm. How did we,
3: how did the church, how did Bellevue decide to move into that type of ministry? Really, it was a no-brainer for us. Um, We had a church member um, who actually actually practices in Arkansas, and Arkansas hosts the uh, Arkansas Mission Mercy each year, and he came to us and just asked if we'd be interested. And when when we saw we had the opportunity to open the doors of our church to minister to people in such a a big way, we said this is exactly what Bellevue Loves Memphis is all about. It's about not only going out in the community, but trying to use the facilities that God has given us to really bless others. Mm -hmm. And so when the The Memphis Dental Society said that we wanted to take this on as an event. Um, They needed a place to host it. Well, to do it anywhere else in the city would have cost between thirty dollars to $50,000, and we're able to host it basically free of charge. Because of the facilities. The facility costs. The church yeah. has. Now, mm-hmm. I know we have a mobile dental clinic at sure. the, the church. Yeah. Very successful. Mm-hmm. It's very successful. We've been, been uh, working since February of 2009. Uh, we've done over $3.3 million worth of free dentistry in the city. It's actually out just off of Jackson Avenue right now. Uh, they started at 7 a.m. this morning, and uh, we see between... Uh, 50 to 60 patients a week doing free dental work, care with that.
1: Let's make sure people understand. You're talking about a mobile dental clinic, mm-hmm. and you said, where is it located today? Just off of Jackson at New Life Baptist Church. New Life Baptist Church, mm-hmm. here it is. It's set up, mm-hmm. and there's dentists there, there's dental hygienists, there's right.
3: there's some staff that are there. Yep. It's a dental clinic, and it's... It's well, on wheels. Think of an RV, and <laughs> think of two <laughs> dental operatories right, right, there. right there. It comes to the community, because... There's a challenge not only of not having the money to do to have dental care, but also transportation. And so this takes away all those excuses. We minister to individuals only in that zip code because we want it to be an outreach for, for that for that church.
1: I was amazed when you told me that they literally had to shut down and say you at six a.m. on a
3: Friday morning or Saturday morning. It was just after six on Friday and just before six on Saturday. Saturday that mm-hmm. said,
1: okay, we can't take any more people. Mm-hmm. The line was so long. Right, You saw last
3: year almost two, a little over 2,000 yes, patients and a little over a million dollars of care. Mm-hmm. What's your goal this year? This year, our hope is to see 1,300 patients a day, and that will hopefully equal to about $1.5 million worth of free dentistry.
1: Now, for a person who needs to do this, they mm-hmm. have to get in line. Uh, they need to come prepared because they are lined up outside. Right. right. it is. Right. That's the only way they can do yep.
3: that. They get as many people inside as they can. Yep.
1: But they have to understand it's outside.
3: It is outside, but in addition, that we from last year that we learned, we're actually going to set up a tent. Um, And we're going to try to open that tent up as early as possible, um, hopefully at 6 a.m., and get everybody in there. It'll actually be heated and make sure that people aren't standing out in the cold. Out in the cold. Mm -hmm. That's critical. Okay. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's two weeks from now. That's not today. It's not next Friday. It is the following Friday, which is? February 10th and 11th. February 10th and 11th. Mm -hmm. So who's involved? I mean, you're talking about dentists and dental hygienists. That's obviously, those are people Those are the ones actually touching the patients, doing the work
3: you need as many of those as you can. Right? Absolutely. Right now, if you look at all of our volunteer slots, we have 618 slots available for dentists to work, and about 292 of those have been filled, so we have right around 318 slots that still need. So if you're a dentist and you only registered for one shift, we need you to work four shifts. Four shifts. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and it's one of those one of those things that we can always use more dentists, dental assistants, but this is really a, a collaboration of everybody in our community. Nurses will be there. We We've had over 130. Medical volunteers from nurses, laboratory uh, technicians, and physicians. Well, you as actually well. mentioned that this is a,
1: a community partnership. Right. Explain that. That's a huge yep. statement because our
3: community needs to be a partnership. Right. That's exactly right. We are hosting at, at Bellevue, but we have multiple churches that are involved that are reaching out to love uh, the patients, to love the doctors, and all the volunteers with the love of Jesus Christ. It's really a heart of, of ours just to just to love people, um, and so but we see. The the Memphis Dental Society. We see uh, other people in our community that have that have actually sponsored. Some of the county commissioners have come alongside us financially, and so it's really been a, a neat thing to see how uh, God is just orchestrating this event to bring our community together.
1: Well, it's the churches. It's the UT School of you know Health Sciences. Right. It's other. It's a, it's a huge army of volunteers stepping forth to. Show love, but show the love of Christ, and Mm -hmm.
3: and really what that's all about, that's taking that internal side, and then the external is fix a smile. Right, exactly right. You you will have people in here that are in so much pain that they can't really concentrate on anything else. I watched that last week. And and what this also does, it has an impact on our, our community economically. All these individuals that need this dental care, when something bad happens, they go to the emergency room. The emergency room only will give them antibiotics and painkillers. It doesn't fix the problem, yeah. and so we're having we're taking those individuals out of the emergency room, fixing their problem, and then also telling them how they can get follow up dental care.
1: I actually heard a, a dentist last year say that he had pulled more teeth in a day than he'd ever pulled in his life. Right, but it was that was what was desperately needed. Mm-hmm. I was at the I the particular area where people would come in, and then. They would get all lined up and all checked in and mm-hmm. everything was done. Mm-hmm. And then we'd let them go because they were going from us straight to towards a dental chair. Right. And the, the reality was you could tell the ones that were hurting. I sure. mean, there was no question. Sure. And I would talk to them and they said, oh, this has been bothering me for a year. Right. Not a not a day or two. This wasn't, oh, I just had this, woke up this morning, I have a dental. No, I have been dealing with this pain mm-hmm. for a year. Mm-hmm. I was. That's amazing. We take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But here you're talking about that this is a need in our city, and the church is reaching out. Volunteers are reaching out to Mm -hmm. it. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Ben Taylor. He is the local missions pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church, and we're talking about the Mid-South Mission of Mercy. It's amazing. We're talking about free, free. Now, let me make sure you heard me. Free dental care. Approximately 2,600 patients Mm -hmm. is what they're expecting a uh, little over $1.5 million of free dental care. This is a, a community effort. It's local churches. It is held at Bellevue because they have the facility. I mean, mm-hmm. we have, there have four gyms there, and right. you're actually taking all four and move, moving them through. Yep. And no one's turned away. I mean, as long as you're in line mm-hmm. and you sit there's going to be a right. tent to keep people from
3: being right. out in the cold. The goal is is for individuals to understand that there is going to be a line, and the, we'll take the first 1,300 patients. And we're going to see as many patients as possible, um, but we have to limit it. You have and, to limit it because of time. You right, only can. absolutely. Work and
1: they've got it calculated. This is not something that, I mean, Chuck and Chuck Wood, Dr. Chuck Wood, mm-hmm. they've done many of these right. throughout the Mid-South. And, uh they're very experienced. The dental society here is very experienced at it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, these are not just Memphis dentists. Right. There's dentists from all over the Mid-South that uh, come
3: into dentists. Last year we had a dentist come from Texas. Texas. Mm-hmm.
1: This is a, a, an opportunity for them to touch people. You know, when I think about it, Scott, this is really the attitude of what the city it's it's not just Memphis, you know, at Bellevue reaching out. Mm-hmm. It's the community saying, and that's what we wanted in our city to happen, right?
2: Absolutely, it's kind of that book. Book of James put a little bit of action behind your face. Exactly. And it's,
1: mm-hmm. it's it's making sure that we're our walk and our talk match.
2: Absolutely, so we don't
1: just talk about it. We're actually beginning to put the shoe leather to the ground and. And it's local. Right. You know, I, I like people, and I've been on several mission trips. I was talking to someone last night. I was in Africa a couple of years ago, Zambia, at, a, at an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, I remember that. That was all great. But this is also a mission field. Absolutely. Right here in our city. The dental clinic, the mobile dental clinic, as you said, is over at a church off of Jackson mm-hmm. Avenue today. This is going to happen in two weeks. Why did Bellevue do this? Why, why is the, why are they the host? What's about, what's this thing about Bellevue loves Memphis? Well,
3: Bellevue loves Memphis is a way for us to get out in the community and show the love of Christ to our community. It's one thing for a church to be inward focused, but we want to be an outward focused church, and we just knew that if we want to make Memphis a better place, we've got to get out and just focus and share the love of Christ in Memphis. And so it has really become really a part of our DNA. When we go out into the community, we want to show the love of Christ before we can even share the love of Christ. It's really like like he said, it's that James thing. We want to put works to our faith. Mm. We want to show somebody that we love them so that we can then share with them uh, how much Jesus loves them. How
1: long has Bellevue been doing, Bellevue Loves Memphis? I remember when that first started, there was some comments about it. I, Mm. I remember some of the,
3: oh, sure, you know. Right. But you guys have been doing this for a long time. Since February of 2008, that was our first, first Bellevue Loves Memphis Workday. day. And we've had so. over um, uh, over 900 projects, over 30,000 volunteers be involved on those projects. Um, I want to tell you, you're in charge of all that, yeah. and you do a wonderful job. I mean,
1: well, thank you. It is a... <laughs> I mean, you are you know, the biggest or toughest thing to do is not decide which project to do. It's to get the volunteers there. Right, right. That's a
3: job. It is do a great job. And we have we have great people in Memphis and great people at Bellevue and all the surrounding churches that say we're going to we're going to go out and we're going to serve. And it's, they're giving selflessly of their time and of their resources. And we can't uh, say how much we appreciate that. Well,
1: that's that's critical for us to talk about, because, it again, so many times there's this unrest and. And, you know, all the stuff that we can talk, we can always criticize. You can throw stones anytime. Mm -hmm. But this is where we're saying you're going to walk out of a clinic and you will know there's been something done to help Mm -hmm. you to have a smile, to to relieve pain, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. I mean, again, it's not they're not getting dental cleanings. You know, that's not what we're doing there. We're actually taking care of a dental
3: problem. Right. And there'll be there'll be three procedures that we will offer for free. There'll be uh, hygiene, dental cleanings, there'll be extractions, and there'll be fillings. So when they, a patient comes in, we will ask them what is their greatest need, and we're going to try our best to meet their greatest need. Yeah, and this is anybody. This anybody. is, you know,
1: this is don't go and say, well, you know, I can't get there or whatever, I don't need, they won't do it for me. Anybody yeah. that
3: walks to the door, they're not turning anybody. There in. are no restrictions. If somebody stands in line and they're there before the thirteen hundred is given, the ticket is given away. Uh, even if they're a millionaire, we'll serve them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scott, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, that is February the tenth and the eleventh. That's this year, just two weeks from now, and it's at Bellevue Baptist Church out in Appling Road. Let me give you the address: two thousand Appling Road. Cordova, Tennessee. And I guess can I give a number of, is, there, is there a number that we can talk
3: about that they need to call to if they really just the website would be the best source best of informa- information. www.midsouthmissionofmercy.org has all the patient information, all the volunteer information, everything that you need to know is at our website.
1: And that's uh, www at all one word, just type it in. .org. Yes, sir. And again, free dental clinic, and uh, it's uh, they need volunteers, Yes, and we need patients. That's Your right. goal this year is? About 2,600 patients. 2,600 patients. 1,300 a day. 1300 a day, 1.5 million dollars of mm-hmm. free dentistry. Yeah, I, I, t- I tack that on cuz this is talk money. Right. So, right. The, you know, I talked them tack the money on. It's really about the 2600 patients.
3: That's exactly right.
1: And it's not just touching someone physically. It is touching someone spiritually. Hey, Absolutely. we just thank you so much, Ben, for being with us today and and really talking about Bellevue Loves Memphis and what the church and churches are doing here in the city. We thank you so much for being
3: with thank us. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, if you just tuned in, I've been talking with Ben Taylor, Mid South Mission of Mercy. You want to know that uh, the uh, website, or go to that. It's Mid South Mission of Do that. It's at Bellevue Baptist Church, 2000 Appling Road, Cordova, Tennessee. It's free. Dental Clinic, it's February the 10th and the 11th. It's, uh, wow, free. That's still what I need to say. Light up. you got to be there the first 1,300 each day. When I come back, we're going to be talking with uh, somebody who is an expert when it comes to health care and the Affordable Care Act. It's, of course, our own Shannon Dyson, a frequent guest. We're going to find out what would we do if we don't change anything. Is that going to be better or worse? Stay with us. We'll be right back after this.
0: Listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking with Shannon
1: Dyson. You know, one of the biggest issues that we hear on the media today is executive orders from President Trump. And he has decided to maybe he's going to change or eliminate the Affordable Care Act. And one of the questions that I've got for us today is, well, what happens if he didn't do that? Would it have been better? Is You know, the, one of the things I read in the Wall Street Journal is, you know, it was kind of saying you're going to be completely – you're not going to have insurance. Well, my guest, of course, is somebody who knows and, uh, I so much appreciate his, uh, his knowledge about the Affordable Care Act. He's a frequent guest. Of course, he is the vice president of Shoemaker Benefits and, uh, Shannon, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. You no, know, I don't know why. You could do it over here on this chair, and just I could go home. I Maybe would. we'll try that sometime. You, you never know. <laughs> That's a good thing. I like that. You know, I was just, yeah. Scott, you know what he just said? Hey. <laughs> I don't. Rest. You may be
2: out of a job, Jim. I don't, I don't need that job. responsibility,
4: Jim.
1: But, you know, Sh- Shannon, I really, to, to ask the question, to, to take with me now, literally, what would happen if all of a sudden— we didn't change. I mean, because the media is saying, "Okay, Trump, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump is now saying we're going to change," but you know, there's this mindset that, "Oh, you're losing this, you're right. losing this." But I think we need to kind of step back and say, "Okay, if we don't change anything, what's going to happen?"
4: Yeah, the the uh, the everything that you hear in the in the media today is what is going to happen once the change happens. Correct. What is going to be taken away? Right. What are people going to lose? Um, and it's it 's all from a negative uh standpoint, but one thing that we haven 't heard a lot about, and I think the White House has started trying to change the narrative a little bit uh is to focus on well, what happens if we do nothing because this program, as it is today, is not working mm. from anybody that anybody that is in the field, from doctors to people that are getting the care um it 's not working uh prices are are sky high uh there's several things that are going on that if we just did nothing. This is this this whole program is going to collapse at some point.
1: You know, you you showed me a map of the United States uh, as we were talking about this program in the office. And the reality was it was a it was a map of the rate increases. Right. Uh, and and I will say it was like dark would be, you know, one and then a little bit lighter was still an increase. And then if you were a different color, you, you didn't have any increases. You might even be no level or even a decrease. Right now. I want to paint the picture because I think that's what you're t- saying is people are not realizing that this affordable, quote unquote, that's almost a misnomer, you know, affordable care act because there's rate increases.
4: Well, yeah, I think that if if say the election did not happen this year and this was just another normal year and we were going into 2017, the rates that everybody are looking at are 20 to 40 to 50, even 60 percent higher in some cases, this would be a huge issue. Uh, It'd be a a massive issue for people getting these large increases. But since all of the talk is about what's going to change with the Affordable Care Act, nobody's really talking about the massive increases that happened from 2016 to 20, going into 2017. Uh, And so that's that's why when I look at this, I say, well, you know, something needs to change with it. Because if nothing, if we did nothing at all, the map that I showed you was basically a map of the United States that had three colors. It had purple, orange and white. And if you were to go across the room and show that map to somebody and ask, what color is this map? They would say it's purple. You could, you could oh. barely see the orange <laughs> and the white. Exactly. And the purple represented increases of at least 20% and 60% in, in a lot of cases.
1: Uh, I want to say to our neighboring state of Arkansas, they were not of that purple denomination. Arkansas was all orange and white. Orange they had decreases or stayed the same. Stayed the same, yeah. which is, you know, that's great for them. It Where is to go. The only other state, there were a few little pockets in a few states, right. but the only other state that stayed basically was Oregon. Was Oregon, right. And I'm not sure why that is. I think maybe it
4: could be that their prices were already higher. Because higher. Uh, yeah. if you look at the another map that they'll show is average prices of plans across the country. Um, even Tennessee was one of the states that was in, in purple, showing a 60% increase yes, on average. Tennessee was not light
1: purple. It was
4: dark it was purple. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you look at the next page that shows the pricing of the yeah. plans across the country, Tennessee was still in the middle, which just meant that overall Tennessee, before this increase, was on the lower end of mm-hmm. the spectrum as far as premiums go. And so
1: what you're saying is if you priced it X, and it didn't work, you're going to and you're gonna have to change your pricing. Right. And we're still seeing that settle in there, and that's what basically the whole country mispriced it.
4: Sure. Yeah. The, the, we go back, and we've talked about this many times before. It's how does an insurance company price a product to a group of individuals that have never had health insurance before, and they cannot ask health questions of those individuals when they're coming on the rolls? How do you price it? And they made some mistakes. Um, some legitimate mistakes. I think you can't expect an insurance carrier to know how to price something when you don't know who's going to be insured. When you're planning on a group of young people coming in to help offset some of the expenses and that young group does not come in, that's a problem. That's going to significantly skew what you thought your prices were going to be.
1: You know, I remember when the Congress was passing this six years ago. I remember the statement that we've got to pass it. We haven't read it, but we've got to pass it. We'll read it after we've passed it. Now I, that we laugh about that, I mean, you guys, and that wasn't meant to be a funny. No, it was actually that was very serious yeah. and uh, word for word, word for. I yeah. tried to quote it close, yeah. But the point is, I mean, now we've got to. What I feel like is that I want you, Shannon, to walk us through. Now that we've kind of said it, it has to be something done. Uh, we were not, couldn't change it. So, I mean, it needs to be changed, what I should mm-hmm. say. The point is, okay, people are very concerned. Yes. Across the board, the media is doing a wonderful job of painting a negative picture, and yet they're, not, they're it's not that I say they lie to anybody. I don't want to use that term. I just want to say they don't always tell the whole truth. Uh, covering one side. One side. Yeah. And so my point being is, I want you to help. Uh, what do you say? Our listening audience needs to understand, here's, the, here's what the problem is, here's yeah. what you're thinking about, and here's what you see and what, your opinion of how we need to walk through yeah, this.
4: Yeah, so what we're seeing is that, you know, you have people that are, and like you said, the media is really focusing on this taking away of health insurance. Right. And what we're not focusing on is what the problems have been. And so people right now that had individual health insurance in 2016, if you did not get a subsidy— uh, meaning that your income level was over a certain requirement, your premiums increased drastically. Mm-hmm. And so, from 2016 to 2017, some people in Tennessee are looking at 60 percent rate increases.
1: Let me ask you a question. Just just another yeah. thought, right there. I've got to fill out a form, and uh, it says my income can't be over seventy five thousand. And I decided, that well, okay, you know, I'll put seventy five thousand. Now my income's a hundred, right? Um. What if I? Am I going to get audited?
4: Well, I mean, that's just good. who knows, right? Because the IRS has hired a, a several, several, several thousand thousands. more uh, adjusters or whatever you would call, call them. them examiners, <laughs> examiners uh, to look for things just like that. Um, especially when you're looking at everybody who goes on to healthcare.gov and gets a subsidy, They have to project. What their income is going to be for 2017. Right. So I'm not telling you what my income was in 2016 when I'm going to get coverage for the new year. I'm projecting income. And so that has to be reconciled next year. And so, yeah, you have to have those policies in place to be able to do that. Do
1: you think people would cheat on that little line there and not tell the <laughs> truth? I mean, do you think that we have a group of people? My opinion? Yeah. Uh, I, I may have seen some, some there <laughs> his head. He said, no way. You know, Gil, by the way, Gil lives in a little spacey world. But, you know, it's it just, the,
4: the reality of the situation is, is that some people actually put down a number that they project their income to be, and circumstances can change throughout the year. Um, And if you don't follow up through say in July, you get a new job or you get a raise or you get a bonus or something along that line, and you don't report that into the Affordable Care Act, when you go to file your taxes and you have that higher income, you're going to be hit with a bill uh, because you got too much of a subsidy.
1: Now, again, the Affordable Care Act, and I'm getting hit with a bill. You're going to get hit with a bill because you
4: claimed too too less of an income. And so you've got a you've got a subsidy that was more than what you should have received. And so whatever was more, you're going to owe that back to the
1: to the government.
4: Wow. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that you've got to be sure if you have any income change, By the way, you've got went to make to the emergency sure
1: emergency room last night and I got a 2000 dollars bill there.
4: You know, and all of a sudden I mean you, well for anybody that's listening and if you if you took out a plan through healthcare.gov and you listed your income because you're projecting your income. If you have any changes at all throughout the year, you need to report those changes immediately to healthcare.gov. If you do not, it can come back and bite you. Uh, and you're talking about people that have lower incomes. And so even though you're getting the subsidy for your health insurance premium to be hit with a two or three or $4,000 bill next year is not going to be a good thing. And so when you're looking at all of these changes and these things that are happening um, fewer choices. So, you know, I mentioned the high increases for people that don't get subsidized coverage, but even for the people that get subsidized coverage at 2017, they get their premiums and they're, they they did not raise all that much. Mm-hmm. They didn't get much of an increase at all. In some cases it stayed exactly the same. They may only have one insurance carrier to choose from. So their choices have gone from three or four down to one. So competition is no competition longer, is no longer in, in many of the the countries across many of the counties across the country. Twenty per, about twenty percent only have one choice of insurance carrier. Period for the people living in that county.
1: And for people here in Shelby County, you know, we Blue Cross Blue Shield, which was a stable carrier,
4: for left years, the market.
1: it Has gone left the left
4: market. Left the market. And mm-hmm. so when you when you look at those things, you know that it, right now is not a big story. And the reason it's not a big story is because there is the repeal of the Affordable Care Act going on, and that's a bigger story.
1: Well, I want to find out when we come back, what did the executive order that Trump signed just this week, I mean, literally, he gets inaugurated, and the first thing he does, here's an executive order that says we're going to dismantle The Affordable Care Act, in some form or fashion. We're not sure exactly what it's going to look like. When we come back, we're going to find out, literally, from Shannon, companies, what are you going to do? What have people got to do? How do you work with this? All those things. It's very important. But before we dive into Shannon's brain we got a couple of things where Scott's going to help us to make decisions from a planning standpoint. But we're going to look at, listen, first of all, to Rebecca Brazier. And it's Mid-South History Moment, so stay with us. you will be right back after this.
0: Listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: Ida Wells was notorious in her time. She was a slave when she was born in 1862 in Holly Springs, Mississippi. But when the Civil War ended, she was able to begin attending school as a former slave through the Freedmen's Bureau. When she lost both parents to the yellow fever epidemic at the age of 16, she took a job as a teacher and moved to Memphis. After two incidents, and when she was thrown off trains for sitting in the all-white sections, a circuit court judge ruled in her favor and awarded her $500, but his decision was later overruled by the Tennessee Supreme Court. Wells also worked as a journalist during this time, and after receiving death threats in response to her reporting of local lynchings, she moved north, first to New York and later to Chicago and continue to write and speak publicly about the ongoing racial violence in the South. Although not as well known as Dr. Martin Luther King, Wells is revered today as an important leader in the civil rights movement. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Talk
1: Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do. And the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate, it's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors.
0: Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. And now back to talk money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
1: And welcome back. My guest, Shannon Dyson. We're talking about the Affordable Care Act, the executive order that President Trump signed this week. And uh, what did that executive order actually do? So, Shannon, I guess, well, let let me ask this, Scott, because you're getting, in our practice, we talk to a lot of people. Is this on there? this a topic you see a lot of people? Talking?
2: Absolutely. As you know, when talking to clients, an average couple, health care costs is going to be one of their largest expenses going throughout their lifetime. So it's always top of mind. And that's one of the challenges we have is forecasting that cost and what it's going to be not only now, but in the future with all the uncertainty surrounding it. So we have to put a little margin in the plan to account for those. Uncertain- you know,
1: you said the word uncertainty. The reality is that uncertainty is creating a media blitz, and it is creating almost, especially for people entering retirement in 2017 or in 2016, uh, you know, you'd think, well, Medicare is going to take care of them, so we don't have to, but it's we're fearful that it's going to be affected.
2: Sure, absolutely. I mean, just looking at, at the state of Medicare, along with Social Security, you got to figure there's going to be some changes going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure what those are going to be. Yeah.
1: So, Shannon, I guess what my question is, what happens to... Are the companies, the insurance companies, are they no longer going to have to comply with this, with the with the signing of this executive order? Did that remove them? I mean, the insurance companies or, you know, a company, an employer? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, so we, we get a lot of questions or have gotten a lot of questions about that since uh, President Trump signed that executive order. Uh, and basically what that order did is just kind of signaled where they're going. It didn't actually make any changes to the Affordable Care Act. Um, it did allow the agencies, the IRS, not to tax people for not having health insurance coverage. Um, so, you know, now how it works is if you don't have a health plan and you go to file your taxes, you have to let your accountant know, or if you're doing it yourself, that you did not have insurance and you're taxed. There's a tax that's associated with that. And so what this what this order did is it said we no longer have to enforce that tax for
1: 2016
4: for 2006 for 2007. Yeah, for 2016. Correct. And so it's still you still have to report it. So it puts a person in a position of, okay maybe I don't owe it, but I still have to report it, which is not a good position (laughs) to be in. So you
1: don't want to tell the government everything.
4: (laughs) So the order really at the end of the day, the order uh, did not do anything that is tangible, uh, but it did signal the process that we will be uh, dismantling the Affordable Care Act and replacing it with something else. All
1: right from the from the media that we listen to, that we see, that we you know that that, that our listening audience, all of us do, whether it's CNN, in ABC, you know NBC, Fox, whatever it is, we're being told basically that our insurance will be taken away from us. Right. All right. Talk about that. We talked about the the purple states. Mm-hmm. The reality that prices were going up. Do you see that we're going to see our insurance taken away from us?
4: One thing that I've that I've seen and, and that we've talked about before is that there were just because the Affordable Care Act, in my opinion, was not um, something that helped. I think it hurt more than it helped. I still think there are positive things that came from the Affordable Care Act. Uh, those things mainly are the covering of preexisting conditions, uh, and so what President Trump has talked about is that any replacement that he has is going to cover pre-existing conditions. And so the, the fear of people's insurance being taken away, Who? I think, is unfounded. Yeah. Because everything that has been talked about, everything that I've read from the Republicans' plan to replace the Affordable Care Act does keep coverage in there for people with pre-existing conditions. And that's important because people, if you have, diabetes is a perfect example. There's a lot of, There are a lot of diabetic people in this country. Uh, type two diabetes in the past, say pre 2010 to get an individual policy with diabetes was impossible. They would not write you if you had diabetes. And uh, so you had to go to these high dollar, high risk pool type plans. Mm-hmm. Well, what the president Trump is saying is that we're going to keep in place coverage for people with pre existing conditions. Now, how that looks may look different than it does today, uh, but you cannot say that he is taking coverage away from people just from what you read of their plans so, so
1: so let me let me let me so when you listen to the media or you read something and it says well 20 million people are going to lose coverage that's really not what you're seeing.
4: No, not at all. And, and I think that I don't know. Well, I don't know what stats exactly they are using to come up with that. But from everything that I've read, that re- I've read the Republican plan or parts mm-hmm. of it. You can't read anything no, through
1: no. <laughs> all the way through. No, I was going to say <laughs> you've read the whole. You,
4: you have to read summaries, basically, of people that know what they're talking yeah. about. Because going back to 2010, anybody that told you they actually read that entire uh. thing, I don't know how truthful. I remember
0: looking, <laughs> were.
1: At, it, I remember looking at it and thinking. No wonder they passed this without reading it. That's well, a marathon. Yeah, for read.
4: anybody listening, if you want to go try and read the Affordable Care Act, it, you basically get to read one sentence, and that one sentence will say something along the lines of, in accordance with law, and then it'll say 3802.2. Well, you have to go and look that law up <laughs> right. and to understand what that, <laughs> that meant. And so it, it, would, it would be a month-long project <laughs> please, to try and read that. Please. So I have read, but I have read the summaries of what the Republicans are going to put forward. Um, and in each one of them, they talk about covering pre-existing conditions, not taking people that have plans currently and taking them away from them. Mm. And the whole point of this is to try to improve. I don't think anybody out there that is writing these bills, I don't think that when the um, Democrats wrote the Affordable Care Act, I don't think the goal was to to uh, hurt people uh, and make them lose coverage. I don't think that's the goal when anything that they're doing right now.
1: You know, I think that's important to say, and, and Scott, I know we talk about this with clients, Is the goal was not to put out a plan that was not going to improve people's health care needs i mean this was that was the purpose we desperately needed it. If you go back to the Affordable Care Act, we were headed into a, a you know a train wreck coming so absolutely it, it was to fix that absolutely Now I think what we're trying to do is to back away again, take the good, keep it, look at the bad, the cost and all the things, try to redo. Right, uh, reorganize or change or whatever, do away with, but keep the good and try to eliminate the bad. Now, whether you're Republican or Democrat, what I want to see is some people taking the responsibility of the to help the American public to say we're going to put together a plan, good and I guarantee you guys, at the end of the day, some people are going to say, "Oh, this is a great improvement," right? And some will say.
4: Well, that's why this Reddit, the rhetoric is so unfortunate that you hear right now, but all the negativity about what's going to happen. We, we really don't have a full plan put forward yet, and we're already being told the Republicans are going to take your insurance coverage away. And that's, not, that's an unfortunate storyline, and I hope that the Republicans and Democrats can work together on a solution uh, if they don't. Then four years from now or in eight years from now, when there's a change in the presidency, we're going to go through this whole thing again. Mm -hmm. If if it's just one side pushing something through each time, that's never a good thing.
1: They got to walk across the aisle, shake hands and say, let's do this for the American public. And that's what we need them to do. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson, Scott Jordan. We're talking about the Affordable Care Act. We're talking about what happens if nothing was done. And we found out that it would have been a train wreck of high cost. And then we're talking about with the signature of an executive order, how does that look like? When we come back, if you're a small business owner or you work for a small business, you're going to find out what happens there. Is this mandate is repealed. And uh, does that affect you? So stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money, and we'll be right back after this.
0: You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
1: And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. My guests, Shannon Dyson and Scott Jordan. We're talking about the Affordable Care Act and the fact that President Trump signed an executive order this past uh, Monday and said we're going to make some changes. Now, as Scott was telling you and then Shannon was telling you, that, you know, it's nothing to – this is not something to drive fear. You're not going to lose coverage. Uh, But it is allowing the – Congress to open the pages, walk through, and we're trying to say, hey, you know, the reality is, walk across the aisle, Republicans, Democrats, work together for the betterment of the people, because at the end of the day, it doesn't make us any difference who gets credit for it, as long as it's a better plan, take the good, and get rid of the bad, and make it a better plan for us. Let me ask you this, Shannon, what does it mean for a small business the small business owner, that was the question I was talking about just before the break. If an, if this individual insurance mandate is repealed, as we hear, what's that going to do for the small business? A
4: lot of businesses right now have uh, added reporting requirements uh, that are a part of the Affordable Care Act, and all the uh, reporting requirements are to basically follow up on the individual mandate. So when you put an individual mandate into a law and it says everybody must have health insurance, how do, you, how do you find out or how do you prove that each individual has health insurance? Well, if they have insurance through their employer, their employer has to complete forms that show that this employee had health insurance coverage from this date through this date. Well, when you have 50 or 60 or 70 employees uh, and you've hired maybe 20 other ones throughout the year and you've had 10 or 15 leave throughout the year... That represents a big reporting requirement that employers are currently having to do to prove that their employees have health insurance coverage. Individual mandate goes away. Those reporting requirements go away because there's no longer a need for them. And so that's going to be a relief because a lot of employers have had to spend extra dollars uh, with their payroll companies or or with a consultant to go and do that reporting for them because they don't know what they're doing, first of all, and it just takes too much time. And so that's going to free up some money, I think, from a lot of small business owners. You know,
1: and that is a burden when you think about it. Absolutely. I mean, it's a burden that consistently produces more of a drain on the small. Most small businesses run on a tight budget anyway. And uh, so when you start trying to add that to it, it creates a problem. Scott, I know we talk to a lot of people, a lot of small business owners. You know, I mean, again, when you think about the whole concept of this Affordable Care Act, do you see people, as they talk to you, are they as concerned as it appears the media says, or is it more media-driven and they're concerned of what the media is saying.
2: You understand what I'm asking? Is it the individual that's saying, oh, I, I'm scared to death? I, you know, I think I think it's, it's kind of both. They are concerned, but I think the media kind of inflames that concern mm. and gets them even more concerned about it. But it, it is always a hot topic. You know, we're looking at the planning process. We're looking at risk. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the major risks being health care costs. So we're always analyzing that and try to build that into the plan as we're working with our clients.
4: Well, when you have people putting out articles, that the first two sentences read to all voters who put Donald Trump in office thinking he didn't really mean it when he said he'd end Obamacare. He meant it. He wants to get rid of your health insurance. I mean, when those things are out there, that's going to put people if, if you read that and you're not in the health care industry and all you know about health insurance is that you have to have it and you read something like that. That, that doesn't sit well, you know. And, and again,
1: I, I not to criticize the media, but but, but to criticize the media. I mean, I might as well go <laughs> ahead and do that. That's what I'm doing. The reality is, sometimes we have a tendency to never. You don't finish the sentence and tell the whole story. You just tell enough story to get your attention. Like that right. comment there. I, I heard a couple of those yesterday in preparation for this program and thinking about that. Uh, let me ask this: What do you predict, Shannon? I mean. Kind of a thought process here, the small business health market. And what is it going to look like? What's the future?
4: I think what we're going to see right now, if you have under 50 employees, you're under what's called a community-rated system, Uh, meaning that if your employees or your group of employees uh, are uh, healthy, uh, young, uh, you're going to get the same rates as another young company that has unhealthy employees. And so what I think we'll see more and more of coming into the market are health insurance companies that are able to ask health questions. And I think that the, the Affordable Care Act will be repealed and replaced with some sort of uh, guidelines as to what type of health questions can be asked by insurers. Um, when insurers can ask health questions with uh, a young and healthy group, that young healthy group is going to be able to get a better rate than other groups can get, and they should be able to. That's, that should be how the system works. And that we're seeing a little bit more of that come into the market right now, But I think that's going to be more widespread as we go through the process. Do
1: we still see people taking that idea that I can self-insure? I mean, the idea of a company, you know... thousand employees I can self-insure. Sure yeah if you if
4: you have over a certain, maybe 4 or 500 employees that's definitely an angle that you want to look at. Self-insuring of course that goes back to the, your population of your of your people knowing the wellness of your company, knowing what the health conditions and risks are but that's definitely something that we see a lot of companies in that in that size market doing.
1: Well, guys, thank you so much. I mean, we've uh, covered an enormous amount. Scott, I mean, you know, I know from a planning perspective, we have to think about this. We, You mentioned it being risk. We mentioned the fact that it's going up, the fear, and the fact that we have to dive into it and help someone— plan through that process, and that is so difficult to do, but people need that. If you just tuned in again, my guests have been Shannon Dyson and Scott Jordan. If you'd like to talk to either one of these guys, 757-5757, Shannon will be very glad. Scott, both will help you walk through the maze of the Affordable Care Act. Shannon, as always, Guy, you do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate the fact that you are knowledgeable and you spend an enormous amount of time understanding what this is all about—the Affordable Care Act—and how to help people make decisions. Also, at the beginning of the program, we talked about the Mid South Mission of Mercy. The you know the fact is February the 10th and the 11th. It's at Bellevue Baptist Church. It is a free dental clinic. They're expecting 2,500 patients. You need to be there, and you need to be there by six o'clock. And on a Saturday morning, Friday or Saturday, February the 10th. Well, I appreciate today's program. I appreciate the fact that you listen to us. We thank you so much. My producer and board operator is Gil Worth. Guest and content coordination, of course, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich. I thank you so much for listening. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier, Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money.
0: Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.